This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one. With Nicole Clagan, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Good Saturday evening to you. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett of Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you doing today? Good evening. I think those sleigh bells are ringing and jingling. They're calling for a little snow. <laughs> they are, yeah. We'll uh, keep a lookout today. But uh, yeah, it's crazy to believe that we're already there. It was like 70 on Monday, but. Uh, I know, I know, and I can't believe we are coming up on the very last caregiver summit in a couple more days. So in Harnett right. County, so yeah, so we are almost ringing in the new year with caregiver summits this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, you've brought in uh, another great guest this evening, so let's get right to it, Nicole. Yeah, so I'm so happy to have with us today a returning guest. So she has the honor of being invited to come back twice, so that must mean she's really good. Uh, Ahana Muth, and she is the sales and marketing director of Brookdale Wake. Forest, which is a senior living community, and we are going to be talking today about really looking at the seniors around the holidays, checking in on them, kind of some of those tips to look out for um, uh, and things to look out for when you're visiting mom and dad around the holidays. Because a lot of times what happens is people are visiting around the holidays and they start to notice things aren't exactly what they used to be. And I'm quite sure you hear that regularly, Ahana, at Brookdale when families start pouring in in January. We usually call that assisted living month at Transitions Gotting Lights. That's when we get a lot of assisted living referrals. You are absolutely right, (laughs) Nicole, because people go home and they see their loved ones and they say, ooh, something is not right. Yes. There's been a change in condition or the living situation isn't quite where it used to be. So let's let's start off with, you know, just sort of in general, um, special considerations we need to have about our senior neighbors in the winter months. Yeah, absolutely. So it gets cold and it's dark earlier. It's a yeah. couple of things to think about. So if you notice that porch lights aren't on, if you notice that lights aren't on, it's really important to keep your home well lit so that you can make sure that your neighbors are not falling mm-hmm. in the winter. Um, also, just check in on them. Make sure that they're doing well. Are they going out to the grocery store to get groceries and that type of thing? Check in on the ones that you know are living maybe alone and rely on other people during the holidays and If they have uh, adult children that go out of town that normally help them shop and do that type of thing, check in and see who's kind of filling that void while folks are gone during the holidays. Yeah, I mean, definitely, if you start to see a change in, you know, sort of the comings and goings of a home, I know a lot of times, and just society's changed in general, where people really more keep to themselves, and and they're not necessarily kind of checking in on their neighbors the way we used to. Um, You tend to find that maybe a little bit more in the older neighborhoods where folks stick together, but if if you do start to notice that there's been a change, things are not being kept up as well around the home, you know, that's a really good time just to, hey, knock on the door and just check in and say, hey, is everything okay? And then what do you think folks should do if they do notice a change and then there is no response? How well, do they handle that? Are they, these, a couple of different things you could certainly do. So if you're knocking on a door, you see maybe newspapers piling up outside, mm-hmm. you know, you could certainly call um, adult 
Protective Services. Mm-hmm. You could also just call the um, pl- your local police to do a well check. Um, yeah, a well check. You don't need to call nine one one. Right, right. You can <laughs> certainly call your local police um, number and ask them to do a well check. Or even sometimes the EMS or fire departments are willing to do yeah. some of those well checks for us as well. Absolutely. For sure. So, let's talk a little bit about you know some of those things as family members as we're visiting loved ones around the holidays. You know, I'll. Uh, I was just visiting my dad, and it's kind of funny. You start to transition, and I'm starting to see my dad in a different light. You know, he's approaching 70, and he's definitely looking a lot more frail than he used to look. And I still picture him as sort of like that 40-year-old man who could, you know— build a house while holding down a really big job at the same time. And I'm looking at him now, and when I was visiting at Thanksgiving, I was very concerned because there was a lot of snow in the ground in upstate New York about him slipping on the ice. And, you know, and he'd make comments to me, what do you think, I'm old? And I was just kind of like almost wanting to have my hands behind him while he was walking. (laughs) So I'm like, and it's not that he was out on SETI, but I was worried that he was going to fall and hurt himself. (laughs) So, you know, what what are some of the things that when you're visiting a loved one that you haven't visited in a while that you should look out for when you're in that home? That's a great question and something to certainly be on the lookout for. Um, Making sure that there is food in the refrigerator. I can't stress that enough to keep that nutrients looking to make sure there's not a lot of clutter around that could be a big fall risk, Mm -hmm. making sure, you know, the corners of your carpets are down so that you're not going to slip and fall. Checking to see if they are getting socialization, if they are getting out and about, or are they just in the home all day watching TV, which we know that's not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing if there's a different routine in their behavior and that type of thing. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, if folks start to isolate themselves, that tends to be a huge sign or if there's a big change of behavior. I know my husband with his dad, before his dad passed, you know, he'd always been a bit of a, a loner type personality. So nobody thought it odd that, you know, people really didn't go to the house. You visited them more outside of the house if, if you know, you were going to visit. But then, as it turned out, he ended up having um, lung, lung cancer that metastasized to the brain, and he was acting different because of that. So then when they went into the house, it was a very different situation. It was very um, cluttered, and there was, you know, the, the, he had turned the heat off. He just was acting different because of what had happened with the cancer. And so, you know, I think it's really important to make sure that you do get some eyes on that home if possible because that can be a really first sign to something more traumatic going on for that individual. Absolutely, especially if they'd always been an organized type of person and and neat and you notice that it's clutter and disarray and maybe they're not able-bodied to keep up the home like they used to be able to. So I know that sometimes, you know, family members really struggle with, you know, the fact that maybe they made a promise years ago, I'm never going to place my loved one in a place other than their home. And then, you know, they may live far away. I mean, the the reality of it is our world is very fragmented now. A lot of times loved ones don't live near their parents. And they're faced with, well, it's not really safe for their mom or dad to stay in the home. And sometimes people don't want to deal with the idea of bringing in home care services or it's too costly or what have you. And so then they're faced with, well, maybe we need to move mom out of her home into a different home, such as an assisted living community. What are some of the fears that you hear from individuals when they're looking at various organizations that potentially move their loved one into? I think you really nailed it when you had said that they made a promise to their parent that they would not move them into a community. I think the idea of what an assisted living community looks like today versus what skilled nursing facilities look like 30, 40 years ago 
is very different because they didn't necessarily exist at the time. They weren't home-like. They weren't home-like, and they were very like hospital-like setting. Sterile. Sterile. <laughs> yeah. People in wheelchairs, people think of that as end of life. So one of the things I hear often is, I promised my mom I would take care of her. Mm-hmm. Just because you're moving your mother or your loved one into a community, you are taking care of them even though you aren't physically the caregiver mm-hmm. if that's not an option for you. So moving into a community, you are still taking care of your loved one's needs, even though you are not physically doing the hands-on caregiving. Well, and I think, too, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the future of our loved ones, even our spouses, right? So, you know, my intention is to try to, you know, if if I'm in a position where I'm the more healthy one, to take care of my husband in the home until his last days. But you don't know what's going to happen. Something could happen. That person could have a stroke, and then they could need two people to assist them to transfer. They could have a dementia diagnosis that could go on for 20 years. And the reality of it is, is that sometimes it's just too much to bear for one individual to take care of that person. And so there's so much guilt wrapped up around the promises that are made. And so I think one thing that I'd like to hit on after the break is talking about relieving some of that guilt by having some conversations with that individual before the crisis occurs. Absolutely. And we'll get to that in just a bit. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. We've got Ahana Muth here in the studio. She is with Brookdale Senior Living Solutions in Wake Forest. And as I said, we will continue that conversation in just a bit. Hey, if you want to find more information about Transitions Life Care, I want to encourage you to go online to transitionslifecare.org. That's transitionslifecare.org. A quick break and back. Stick around. You're listening to News Radio 6. WPTF. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. Special guest here this evening is Ahana Muth. She is with Brookdale Senior Living Solutions in Wake Forest. And we're having uh, a great conversation tonight, Nicole. And uh, I know that we wanted to uh, haha, transition things a little bit <laughs> here to uh, make sure we give a, a, a little love to Transitions Guiding Aren't Lights. Aren't you punny? I know. I'm, just, I'm on the ball tonight. I see that. You guys. Okay. So I know we wanted to start talking about resources for People searching for their loved one. And oftentimes I notice that people are coming to assisted living or memory cares with this desperate, manic sense of urgency because all of a sudden their loved ones had a fall at home. They've gone to the hospital. They've gone to a rehab and they get a list of places and they say, pick one. Where would you like to go? It's not safe to go home. So you need to find an assisted living community. A lot of times people have to become a subject matter expert very quickly. So one resource that we're lucky to have here in Wake County is Guiding Lights. And Guiding Lights offers support services for caregivers in the area. And what you can do is call them locally, and hopefully Nicole could give us the phone number, but call locally and it's kind of a one-stop shop to learn about the various resources in our community that would be a good fit for your familial needs. 
Well, thank you for that. And so, you know, basically this is a free service. We're a charity, um, and it's a free service that is available to any um, person listening, actually beyond Wake County, Wake Orange, Durham, Chatham, Harnett, and Johnston County. And folks can literally call us, talk to our referral specialist. Um, her name is Julie. And at no charge, really get some guided advice as to what the options are out there, because one of the biggest problems that uh, families have is they don't know what they don't know. And a lot of times you're just familiar with kind of some of the things you might have heard about from the past. And one thing is for sure, we are blessed with the resources here in this community, but it can also be very overwhelming. And so we gather some information from you about, you know, what's going on with that individual, what their wishes are, um, what they can afford, what the family's willing to put in uh, for money, because it comes to a great surprise to a lot of people that Medicare does not pay for long-term care. Um, it's, it's, Definitely something that is uh, paid for typically out of pocket or by Medicaid, depending on the situation of that individual. So, um, you know, we really can help that family member navigate that road and and really try to educate them. So I appreciate the little plug there, Ahana, for the organization. Um, So I guess one of the things that I think is super important to talk about, though, is how not to be in this crisis situation, right? And so, you know, none of us are getting out of here alive. You know, exactly. not, not, not one of us. And so there is going to be some sort of an event, and we all like to hope and think that we're going to die in our sleep someday. For a lot of us, that's not going to be the case. There's going to be some sort of a chronic illness that's going to take us down a, p- a path that's going to have a very normal trajectory that, you know, doctors can tell you what to expect and how long it's going to take. Um, and so having conversations with loved ones in advance of this incident or even at the beginning of a diagnosis of a chronic illness is so important because you can stay out of that, as you called it, manic crisis mode when you have that big fall, knowing what that individual wants. And as morbid as it may sound, having these conversations around the holidays is actually a very good time when family is together. And I'm not saying you do it over your Christmas dinner necessarily, <laughs> but you know, when family's in town and you have a period of time when you're together, kind of open up some of that conversation. And one great way to do it, if you really feel awkward about bringing up, you know, what would you want if, you can talk about maybe some other people in your family that have gone through an illness, such as a cancer or dementia or, you know, MS or you name what it may be, and kind of talk about kind of how that person experienced life and death and, you know, say to your mom or dad, you know, if if this was you, is this, is that kind of like what you're thinking you would want? And that really opens up a conversation about someone else, but then it allows you to talk about, you know, potentially what their wishes may be. So it can give you some insight on, you know, how to handle a situation so that you can kind of deal with that with a lot more competency as a caregiver. And I think one thing that's important to have during that conversation even though it might feel a little bit awkward, it might feel a little funny, is you have to talk about how your loved one, your mom and your dad, have financially prepared for that future. I know. And it's not comfortable. People don't like to talk about money. Yeah. But, you you know, if they have an idea of grandeur having 24-7 round-the-clock care at home, knowing that that's quite expensive versus sharing that cost in a community-type setting Mm -hmm. and having that idea of what it is that they'd like to have. Definitely. So, yeah, so the talk about finances is important and talk about end-of-life wishes is important. And what is also important is the talk about advanced directives. So if you haven't done some advanced care planning or your loved one hasn't done advanced care planning about, you know, in the event of a medical crisis and that person isn't able to make 
medical decisions for themselves anymore, you know, who is the best person mm-hmm. in the family to do that? And one thing that we like to talk about on this show is a lot of people just say, well, I guess I just have to have my husband or wife do it or, you know, my eldest child. And people kind of go through this kind of interesting thought process of who how to pick the right person. And they don't often think about who's that person that's going to be strong enough to make that decision the way I would want it as if it was me, not the decision as to what they would want for mom. And not everybody can handle that because during a crisis, you have to make some, you know, very difficult decisions sometimes. And if, you know, you have one child who wants to keep dad alive no matter what, but your wish was not to have tubes put in, and, but you make that other person the one responsible, it's going to be really hard and emotionally challenging for that individual to follow through on your wishes. And we've absolutely seen that happen. Oh, yeah. And, it's the, and these are the types of things that tear families apart. Yes. So being, you know, and if you're listening and you're an older adult or, frankly, anybody over the 18, we all need to have advanced directives in place. We call it the hit by the bus yep. policy. I could walk out of here tonight. I could get hit by a bus. And I know, because I have a health care power of attorney, you know, that the person I've chosen knows exactly what I want in that situation. And that is so important for all of us. Absolutely. As hard as the conversations are to have, they need to happen. Definitely. Definitely. So what else? Well, one thing I do like to talk about, and it sounds so silly, but I'd like (laughs) to talk about your thermostat. (laughs) I cannot tell you the uh, amount of times I have done a home visit to visit with a family who could potentially be moving into a community and gone into their home, and it is freezing and the lights are off. (laughs) People like to save on electricity. People like Depression era. The depression era. (laughs) People like to save. They are penny pinchers. Don't let your thermostats get really below 68 degrees. It's dangerous. The chances of hypothermia skyrocket, especially with seniors. And leaving those lights off and being a fall risk, you really need to be aware and cognizant. You can close off doors to rooms that you aren't using. You can close vents to rooms that you aren't using. But really keep that thermostat at at least 68 or above. Uh, during the winter months just to keep yourself safe. Well, and talk to us a little bit more about Brookdale Senior Living. I know you are the largest senior living uh, company in the country, correct? We are. Or maybe the world. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> Probably the world, too. So talk to us a little bit about what your offerings are here in the Triangle area, the different levels of care, and how people can connect. Okay. Well, Brookdale has a really great network. In the Wake County area, the Durham County and Orange County, we have communities in Chapel Hill, Durham, Wake Forest, Raleigh, and Cary. So we offer everything in this area from independent living to memory care. So that includes assisted living uh, services, which also is in a community with 24-7 care, our independent living, which is just beautiful, and it's in North Raleigh. And then we also have our memory care, which is a program created especially for people with Alzheimer's or dementia. So if folks want more information, how can they connect? They could absolutely visit us at www.brookdale.com, and you can search by the area. Excellent. Very good. That's brookdale.com. That's how you can find more information. Ahana Muth with Brookdale Senior Living Solutions in Wake Forest. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. You, Thank you for provided receiving. some helpful tips, and hopefully uh, as folks are with their loved one over the holidays, they'll remember some of the tips that you shared with us and put those to use. A quick break and back. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. 
This is Aging Matters Care and Comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claggett from Transitions Guiding Lights, here's your host, Jason Kong. News Radio 680 WPTF, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. Jason Kong here with Nicole Claggett. Just had a fascinating discussion with Ahana Muth with, uh, uh, excuse me, Brookdale Senior Living Solutions in Wake Forest. She did a wonderful job, Nicole, of giving us some tips for the holidays as we're, uh, again, spending some time with family and loved ones. Maybe we haven't seen them as frequently, um, and there's some things that you do want to uh, keep in mind as you're visiting with them, things to look out for. But we're shifting gears here, Nicole, and we're getting on a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and oh. that involves food. Ah, <laughs> you're a big eater. I am a big <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'm super excited to have with us today Zach Merritt, and he is with Chefs for Seniors. And this is a really important topic. I know when I worked in private duty in-home care, one of the biggest challenges that we had was the fact that, you know, while the organization was providing those physical care needs for the individual, um, a lot of times the nutritional status of that person was really lacking. And again, on that holiday theme, when visiting loved ones, when you're out of town and you're starting to notice that there's spoiled food in the refrigerator and perhaps they're not eating as well, you know, food gets to be a huge issue. And again, bringing up my poor father, and thank God he doesn't live in this area because he'd kill me for saying all this about him. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think he listens regularly on podcasts. Um, You know, when I visited him, and he basically disclosed to me, my mom passed away this past April, that he's basically been eating canned food. And I was like, oh, dear, because... You know, he just doesn't feel like cooking, and he he never really did cook because my mom did the cooking, and I thought, well, this isn't good. So now I've been going crazy online trying to research a food meal type situation I can get delivered to him that isn't completely filled with sodium and might taste good, and and so it's a big concern. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I get calls a lot from people in that same situation. Mm -hmm. They go home, they see what their folks are eating, and they're eating... um, whether it's canned food or popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. And as you get older, you know, your, your appetite tends to go down. You're not using as much energy. Taste buds get more dull. Your taste buds Mm -hmm. get more dull. Um, so, you know, you might just find something easy to just fill the hole, to fill the hole. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but you know, as you get older, it's also very important that you are getting the proper nutrition, Mm -hmm. um, that you're getting fresh vegetables, not the high sodium stuff that's in basically all the prepared foods. Mm -hmm. Um, and and that's what I help with with chefs for seniors is I come into the home and um, prepare fresh meals for them that are custom based on what they like, what they don't like, you know, what are they going to eat? Because I can come in and make this really healthy stuff, but if it's not something that they're going to eat, right, it's just going to go bad. Yeah, if this is something that that wasn't part of their normal diet. Right. That's been one of my challenges for my dad, where he's kind of a real meat and potatoes guy, but these meals are really kind of catering towards the yuppie puppies, right? Right, Who yeah. are working really hard, and you know, it's got your salmon, and your this, and I'm like, oh, well, he might like a salmon every once in a while, but he's kind of a burger guy. Sure. <laughs> you know, so what am I going to do here about that? So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, what I do is, is make custom menus for um, each individual client, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, there's a long conversation that we talk about their dietary needs, what their doctor's saying they should eat or shouldn't be eating. Um, and we come up with a custom menu for you for them, and then we come in their house and prepare it there. So it's also a social visit That sounds as well. cool. Awesome. So um, it's it's more than just, just the food. Uh, the, the social part of it is a big part of it, too. 
So talk to us a little bit about specifically, you kind of alluded to how this works. So folks find out about you, they give you a call, kind of what are the steps? Yeah, so the first step is a consultation. Consultation is always free. We uh, come in, and like I said, we talk about their dietary needs, mm-hmm. what they like, what they don't like. I have a food questionnaire we go through saying, you know, I like this, I hate this, I, you know, whatever it is. I like my vegetables cooked uh, until they're mush. I like my vegetables still crispy, yep. you know, down to that. Um, and then we'll come up with a menu, a standard menu has four different items on it. So it might be, um, you know, you might pick a Salisbury steak with potatoes and carrots and, uh, you know, another person or another dish might be a salmon with spinach and squash, um, uh, a chicken dish. So you might get three, two to four of each serving. So it'll come out to 10 to 12 total meals. Mm -hmm. Uh, these get packaged up and they can go in the fridge freezer. Um, and they just need to be reheated later. So everything's in a package ready to go for you. So this type of a service, um, it sounds, you know, to Ahana's point, who was previously talking, you know, we have these seniors out there who are penny pinchers. They don't even want to turn on their heat. Yeah. So saying you're bringing in a chef right. from the outside, how do you overcome some of those objections? So it's uh, surprisingly affordable mm-hmm. um, for what you get, you know, the... We charge one cost for the service, and then the groceries are separate. The groceries, right? Which you'd be buying anyway. Oh uh, yeah. And um, I mean, the people would be. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, they'd yeah, be yeah, buying yeah, it. And yeah. you know, I I tell people lobster salad's a lot more expensive than chicken salad. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that kind of helps control the cost. Um, I can come once a week. I can come once a month, mm-hmm. and just kind of supplement what you're doing when you're home alone. Um, you know, some people have dinner at the club once right. a week, dinner with family here and there. But you know, then there's those nights where. They're on their own, and they, they can have something fresh and ready for them. you come them. to my house? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, um, and the, the service charge is one nineteen, mm-hmm. and then the groceries are separate. That's for 10 to 12 meals. I have grocery bills as low as in the 30s, as high as, you know, upwards of 100 bucks. Um, generally, it comes out to between 10 and $15 on the high end per meal. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not the cheapest thing out there, but... The value that you get um, for healthy food, restaurant quality food, um, it's it's a really good value. Well, and the other piece of it is, you know, I can foresee, you know, siblings coming together and saying, hey, let's buy this as a gift for yeah, mom. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and the reality of it is, this is a gift of health and it's a gift of giving that person the ability to age in place longer because if that person continuously eats these high sodium foods or junk food or whatever it is, eventually their bodies are going to break down and they're going to pay the price for that. So really, ultimately, paying a little bit of money for a service like this, I think, truly um, can help extend that person's life. I mean, this is just anecdotally speaking, but I can tell you that eating good food is a lot healthier than eating Bojangles every day. Yeah, I mean... Sorry, Bojangles. I hope they're not sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. And some of the, the clients that I've I've been seeing now for six months plus... Um, you know, they they go back to their doctors, and their doctors say, "Hey, you look great. What are you doing?" They're like, "I'm eating this," and they're like, "Oh, wow." That's, so, that's so awesome. speaking of, you know, obviously the name of the company is Chefs for Seniors. Are you able to tailor menus towards potentially different illnesses they have? Like, let's just say they're on a cardiac diet or they have diabetes. Are you able to help with that? So, I can help with that. I'm not a dietitian or a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. Um, I can take the information that they get. From them okay. and and use that as a roadmap mm-hmm. to create a menu, um, and just as a chef, one of the things I can do is 
make food taste good yeah. without <laughs> the bad stuff in it, right? right? Can use fresh herbs and different seasonings um, to still give it flavor. Without the salt. Without the salt. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I can't say, hey, eat this and, right. you know. You'll be off but, your diabetic medicine. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but I can definitely help help you with that, you know. Well, and I would suspect that you can work hand in hand with healthcare professionals Absolutely. out there. You yeah. know, I can picture, you know, an aging life care manager, a geriatric care manager working closely with you and a home care agency and the physician really all together as a team to come up with a great plan yeah. to help that older Absolutely. adult. Absolutely. Yeah. For I'm, sure. I'm a piece to the the puzzle. And that's a pretty big piece. Food is huge. I mean, yeah. we hear that Jason's a big food eater. <laughs> yeah, I may need to call you, Zach, because this sure. sounds awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think people underestimate the social aspect of it. So really having somebody in the home preparing the meal, one of the things that I know for sure is that people don't eat as well when they're eating alone. And I know you're not sitting there having meals with them, but you know the idea that you're kind of in there together and can that person assist if they want to? And... Absolutely. Generally, people don't want to assist. Yeah. Um, but you know, well, you're probably, where's your measuring cup? Over here, so they're kind of in the kitchen, all chatting it up. And, they're definitely in the kitchen, yeah. um, you know, eating things off of trays or yeah, whatever, and yeah. they're like, "Can I eat this?" I'm like, "You can do whatever you want. This yeah. is your food." Your food. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but awesome. um, and you know, most of the time, uh, not all the time, but I'll plate something for them while while I'm cooking. And Ooh, it sounds like Master Chef. They can, <laughs> they, you know, they can eat it, and but I'm also asking questions. You know, is this too much salt? Is this Right. Do you like this? Season it to their taste. Right. So if folks want more information on how they get a hold of you. Uh, so the website, chefsforseniors.com slash rally. Uh, my phone number is 984-960-9563. Awesome. Again, that's chefs for seniors.com chefs for seniors.com slash Raleigh and if you want to call Zach directly it's 984-960-9563 that's 984-960-9563 Zach Merritt co-owner and chef of Chefs for Seniors thank you so much for joining us this evening we really appreciate you coming in thank you so much for having me guys thank you absolutely a quick break and back stick around you're listening to Aging Matters care and comfort that surrounds you a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF this is Aging Matters care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF with your co-host, Nicole Claykitt, here's the host of Aging Matters, Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, uh, you're, you're everywhere. You do everything. Transitions. Oh, I'm every woman. You, you are. Transitions <laughs> Life Care. Well, you're working on that. You're working on that. Transitions Guiding Lights. Uh, and, of course, Aging Matters here on the radio. But uh, I also see you often on ABC 11, whether it's uh, on the TV or online as well. You, you're, you're a very busy woman, Nicole. <laughs> well, it's all – people might think I'm a little bit schizophrenic, but it's all interrelated for sure. So um, ABC 11 was really wonderful uh, last year, and they connected with me about – covering aging-related issues for their station. And so I have a piece on there that um, airs between one thing or another every single week called The Caregiver's Corner. So that's a great opportunity. Um, I write a biweekly article for them, um, and I also manage a Caregiver's Corner online, which is a, face group, a Facebook group for individuals who are caregivers um, to connect with other people who are going through something similar or to seek resources. And we have nearly 600 families that are on 
on there, regularly connecting and getting updates about what's going on in the senior community. So it's a great, great opportunity. And we also are on air uh, biweekly doing uh, Facebook Lives at the studios over there answering caregiver questions live. So if folks haven't heard heard about that, uh, they can just simply Google um, WTVD or ABC 11 with Caregiver's Corner tag next to it, and it'll bring you right to our page, and you could get connected to all those resources over there. Yeah, and it's a fabulous community. Uh, I'm in it. I see the, <laughs> the people chiming in there all the time. It's a great support group for anyone who's in a caregiving situation. Um, you know, I, you probably want to start with uh, Transitions Guiding Lights if you're in a, a crisis or going through something very serious. But in terms of just general questions, the Caregiver's Corner is, is it's a really neat community. And uh, it's, it's cool how it's kind of come together so quickly. Yeah. And the other thing to keep in mind, just so that folks know, you know, if you join, if you join the Caregiver's Corner, it is a private Facebook group. So I know sometimes people worry, you know, I'm going to post something and then my, my family members might read about it. And so when you mark a group private on Facebook, only people in the group can read it. Now, we all have to keep in mind when we post things on social media, I mean, it's still out there. But, um, but yeah, it's a great opportunity for folks to get connected to resources. And it's really neat to see how the other members of the group really come along and support each other, you know, whether it's something they'd experienced in the past or something they're going through currently. So um, it's, it is a really great group of people definitely to try to support. Yeah, it's very cool to see. And Nicole, I know that uh, we are wrapping up the caregiver summits here. Uh, it's it's Couple been days uh, away. I know, <laughs> I know. It's been a, a trek for you, and just a congratulations to you and the Transitions Life Care team. And I know you guys have some other things going on as well. So um, why don't you tell us about that? Well, yeah. So um, obviously, you know, the caregiver summits and connecting folks to resources are not the only things that Transitions Life Care um, are involved with in the community. Actually, Transitions Life Care is coming upon its 40th year anniversary, which is absolutely incredible, serving thousands upon thousands of individuals in our community every single year. So Transitions Life Care at its bones was known as originally Hospice of Wake County. And so they uh, provide hospice care to individuals near end of life in the community, as well as a number of other services that some folks may not be aware of. So uh, besides hospice care services, services, and they do have an inpatient hospice unit here in Wake County, they actually provide palliative care, which is a um, great program that helps people get relief from the symptoms uh, that they're experiencing related to their chronic conditions, such as pain and anxiety. And it really is a great uh, bridge program for individuals that really are looking for some extra arms around them uh, alongside of potentially even seeking curative measures as well. So there's the hospice component of Transitions Life Care. There's the palliative care component. And then they also offer grief care. And a lot of times people aren't aware that the grief services extend beyond the actual people that they've served. So really anybody in the community can access the grief care services at Transitions Life Care at no charge. And their grief care services range from providing services from for children all the way up to, you know, older adults. And it's really an amazing program that they provide for our community as well. 
And then little known fact uh, that Transitions Life Care also has a kids program. And we are actually the only organization in this area that has a program that specializes in working with very medically fragile children. And this is a very special program to to our hearts uh, for you know family members who are really working with the healthcare system and have children who are facing life-limiting illness. And so um, that program works with children from birth to 18 years of age. That's incredible. I, I, I actually didn't know that. So yeah. that's that's really cool. And again, I mean, th- this is stuff that folks can find online at the Transitions website. Yeah, so website. all they have to do is go to uh, transitionslifecare.org, and they can go ahead and look at the um, services that are available by the um, by the program. And um, you know, some of these programs require physician referrals, but really if they just give a call at any time, the folks that answer the phone at 919 can walk them through. And then a great thing about Transitions Life Care is that there is no wrong door. So no matter what you need, what resource you're looking for, um, we can connect you to that resource in the community, even if it isn't our particular organization. And that's a big piece of what Guiding Lights does. You know, Transitions Life Care doesn't provide every type of service that's out there, but we can connect you to an organization of excellence that does. Excellent. And I know we mentioned Transitions Guiding Lights earlier in the program, and I don't think we ever gave out the number, but uh, that's 919-371-2062. Is that right? You got it. Excellent. 919-371-2062. And you can also go online, guidinglightsnc.org. And uh, just a wealth of information is available there. But uh, calling the numbers is really the best bet for folks, right? I would definitely say, yeah, if you're looking for a connection for a resource or how to get connected to the other service lines, that would be the best way to go. And when you do make that call, what's What's the timeline like? Uh, what, what, what's the process? So, you know, we are um, – so at, at Transitions Guiding Lights, um, this is not a crisis-oriented uh, piece of the organization. So, you know, you give us a call, and you will speak to our referral specialist, and she will talk with you and collect information and try to help you decide what the best course of action is for your loved one. And then she does take some time and information from you to really try to find that best match. And so, you know, you know sometimes when people call, they might think, well, I just want a name and phone number right now. But the reality of it is to make sure it's the best match that meets your financial expectations and restrictions. Um, you know, she needs to do some calling around, making sure that there's availability at the organization um, that you would like to connect to. Um, and then she will directly connect you to that organization and really um, kind of foster you with that process. And then the whole idea behind Transitions Guiding Lights is that we walk with you during that entire journey. So just because we connect you to the resource that you need at that moment doesn't mean our time with you ends. We will walk with you throughout your journey and continue to check in with you and try to provide you education and support services and other resources as things change with your loved one. Yeah, and that's key. And I think the other key component of this is that you guys aren't getting any sort of referral fee on the back Gosh, end. No, yeah. This is uh, uh, completely on the up and up. Exactly. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we are a charity. We're a 501c3 organization and we receive our funding through grants, through individual donations, through sponsorships, uh, through fundraising events. But we do not charge family caregivers for the services that we provide, nor do we get fees for the referrals that we give out to organizations in the community. So I think sometimes people make the assumption that, you know, we must be 
paid by the government or something like that, and we're not. So we, um, while our services are free to you, they're not free. We still have to pay for lights and phones, and so donations are always greatly appreciated to our organization. Again, guidinglightsnc.org is the website. The phone number, 919-371-2062, I want to thank our guests this evening, Ahana Muth with Brookdale Senior Living Solutions in Wake Forest, as well as Zach Merritt, co-owner and chef of Chef for, Chefs for Seniors in the Raleigh area. Their website, chefsforseniors.com slash Raleigh. We are out of time here for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you'll do it again next week. We do this every Saturday evening at 7. It's Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Live Care. On behalf of Nicole Cleggett, I am Jason Kong. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for listening to News Radio 680 WPTF. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on News Radio 680 WPTF. For more information, log on transitionslifecare.org.